Hello everyone and welcome to the Boss Chick Podcast hosted by Kimmy Jane, where I interview incredible women so you can learn from their stories along the way. Well, Kristen, thank you so much for joining me today on the Boss Chick Podcast. I am so honoured to have you sitting in front of me virtually, <laughs> of course. Now, you were crowned Miss World Australia uh, late last year and you're competing yeah. for the international title in Dubai later this year. You're an author, a qualified speciality scuba diving instructor and you're also the director of the Educate Resuscitate Project. You do a lot, plus you're studying on top of all of this. Is that correct? <laughs> yes, you've got that. I'm surprised you remembered all of that. Um, yes, it is correct. I Look, the Miss World, the 71st Miss World, where I will be competing in May, they haven't 100% confirmed it's Dubai. They've only said that it's in the UAE. So the city is yet to be 100% confirmed, but they did use images of Dubai. So I'm trying to manifest and pray that it is in Dubai. Dubai would be a very, very cool location. How are you feeling about representing your country internationally? I just feel an overwhelming sense of honour and privilege, if I'm being completely honest. it Every now and then it kind of hits me um, and I feel very humbled that I get to share on an international scale the message of Australians and you know the way that we are our culture which is being known for being multicultural um, and I'm really excited to meet the other contestants and share our stories and kind of develop this very intimate understanding of one another and what we represent as well. I think you would do an incredible job representing this country <laughs> and what a once-in-a-lifetime experience going overseas yes. and doing something like that. It's wonderful. And Kristen, can you share a little bit about why you first, if you go back a little bit, first entered yeah. the Miss World Australia pageant? Yeah, so um, it was a while ago. It was 2019. And then, of course, um, as as you would know as well, due to COVID-19, they it had it was postponed um, continuously. And when I first entered, I didn't really understand what a pageant was, firstly, because we're not from, you know, a really big kind of pageant country here. And secondly, I didn't really understand what Miss World was about. The biggest blessing for me was having it postponed because I was really able to understand the principles and the values of Miss World. And that to me was where the biggest growth happened. And from there, it was kind of, okay, where can I continuously provide something? Where can I give something back to the community? Because that is what Miss World is all about. It, it's, it's orientated around the mindset of beauty with a purpose, which is implementing pro uh, implementing projects within our communities to create positive change and so having learnt that through the process of our national pageant being postponed was the biggest blessing and I am grateful for that every day and you know to be able to start my project back in 2021 and then to kind of now carry it on through Miss World it's it just feels like such a privilege and I it's when it kind of hit me what 
Miss World was about was the biggest realisation and it allowed me to kind of look in my life and see where I could help others further. And so, yes, it's a pageant. Yes, the 71st final is happening this year in May, but I know what I've learned through the process. I'm able to apply in all areas of my life and to kind of carry that on beyond the finals as well, regardless of what happens. Wow, sounds like you really understood the principles of Miss World <laughs> and you are this generous, wonderful human being <laughs> doing these amazing projects for the community. And gosh, you work hard. I see you online on Instagram sharing all kinds of things. Like recently, I think you were doing um, the Bush to Beach event, teaching yeah. <laughs> kids the importance of you know sim uh, swim safety and uh, is it first aid, CPR, resuscitation. Yeah that sort of thing. Can you tell me a little bit more about, um, well, actually, I guess we should start with your project, your Beauty with a Purpose yeah. project. Can you tell us about why you started Educate Resuscitate? Yeah, so Educate Resuscitate started in 2021. Um, and it was after I saw a, um, it was on the news, the statistics of how the drownings across Australia had increased, not only due to our natural disasters and the horrific floods that we have experienced, but because also due to the closure of swim schools because of COVID-19. And the um, Surf Life Saving Australia last September, as an example, declared that drownings had been the highest they'd been in 25 years, which is horrific. Um, obviously, those statistics do factor in the floods. However, it was a 15% increase mm -hmm. than 2020, um, 2021. So it kind of just kept increasing through COVID. But seeing this particular news reporter back in 2021 discuss it with one of the Royal Life Saving members, it was horrific. And it was kind of my eye opener. And I wanted to know where, how, okay, how can I be involved in this with the skill set that I have to really make that difference? Because for me, growing up in, um, for those of you who don't know kind of where I'm from, <laughs> um, I am in Victoria, but I'm in an area called the Mornington Peninsula, and we're really blessed here to be surrounded by ocean. So growing up here, it's kind of natural that you learn the water safety skills as well as the first aid and CPR to go along with it. And I've always known those skills as well because of my diving profession, which I have been in that industry since I was 15. So it was... I must say mind-blowing to me that these statistics were so high because I was like, how as an island country is this happening? And, and that's where kind of the spark within me was lit. It was also lit due to a really big influence of mine growing up. Um, she was a dear friend and she did pass away in a scuba diving accident when I was 16. Um, she is the reason why I became an instructor. She was so passionate not only about teaching others how to dive, but the safety behind it as well as the science. But the safety and the first aid and CPR, she really instilled that passion within me. And so my project is dedicated to her. Um, from that, it's been able to flourish. So I do travel to um, schools, workplaces, youth centres, as well as um, uh, some high schools and primary schools as well, I should add. And I do first aid and CPR seminars. I don't certify anyone. I 
just do workshops. Um, and then where applicable as well, I do water safety, which was an example on the Bush to Beach camp um, where I was able to donate masks and snorkels and for the first time add the educational component to snorkeling of snorkeling to the camp with the First Nations kids. Um, and that in itself was so special. I was, I was, I was so stoked. The day we went snorkeling, we found like baby turtles. We got to see little hermit crabs. There were little schools of fish as well. Um, so it, it couldn't have gone better. And then followed by doing water safety, learning how to surf as well. And then a little first aid CPR workshop alongside the uh, Life Saving Australia was just a really special moment. And it's a huge passion of mine. I believe that first aid and CPR should be um, included in our high school curriculum. I feel like it should be a compulsory part of our educational system. So I'm really trying to fight for that through my project. Um, and I will continue to fight. I want that program implemented not only Australia-wide, but worldwide, because at the end of the day, it's a universal skill on how to save a life. And these seminars, they can happen anywhere. And, you know, CPR and first aid doesn't just go hand in hand with drownings. It it goes hand in hand with everyday life, you know, with heart attack victims, accidents and so mm -hmm. forth. And I think um, when you equip yourself on how to help someone else in those situations, it, it just is nice to know that if you're ever, God forbid, put in a situation like that, that you potentially could help save a life. Um, through these seminars and through me traveling around, I've made and met so many beautiful friends and it's something that we've kind of all started to connect on. Um, you know, the more you talk about it, the more you realize how many people around you have been in those situations and it's scary. And, you know, so I just hope that through the sharing of knowledge, we can kind of create this empowerment and this community that, you know, can help save a life if need. And, I want to, yeah, I want to take it well, but <laughs> that's my own goal. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like you absolutely will. <laughs> and you're <laughs> so remarkable. I can't believe how much time you must have to, you know, give up to be able to go and travel around Australia and, you know, give these workshops and seminars. <laughs> you're doing such an amazing job and you definitely deserve that crown. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thank you. I'm excited to see where the project goes over the next couple of years because I can definitely see you taking the world by storm and implementing this in schools. <laughs> um, going back to, I guess, uh, Miss World Australia and your upcoming trip, has your life changed at all since becoming the Miss World title holder or have there been any unexpected responsibilities that have come with the privilege, I guess, of representing the country? I think um, something that's been really nice is that I'm getting to compete how I want to compete. Um, it's allowing me to continue to work hard and really kind of be myself through this whole process, if I'm being honest. I think there are added responsibilities in terms of when I'm meeting people or talking to people that, you know, I have to remember that I'm representing everyone in Australia, not just one opinion, so to speak. So in terms of speaking about some topics, I'm always mindful of that and kind of looking at it from all different perspectives. That's something that's developed quite strongly since I was crowned. Um, I guess on top of that, though, it's, it's that night when I was crowned, I made a pact to myself that through this whole process and not just Miss World, um, definite, firstly, to make the most of it because I see it as a privilege. 
And secondly, to really be myself through everything and to trust my gut and to kind of apply myself as though I would without the title. That was my biggest promise to myself because through that, I think, you know, it's such a charitable organisation. And for those who aren't familiar with Miss World or the um, or the chairman, Julia Morley, it is so about giving back to the community. And it's, it's not about us as individuals. Yes, we're representing our countries. Yes, we're all there. And yes, there's only one crown. But it's about the work that we all can do and and finding that kind of person to be the vessel for that and to communicate that on a worldwide stage. It's not it's not actually about us as, as people. I don't see it as it's, it's so much bigger than that. And it's so much more about the work. And um, Julia Morley, as an example, it, you know, Miss World as a whole has raised over one billion for charities worldwide. And not only that, before the Queen passed, she was awarded the CBE, which is the highest recognition of, um, you know, humanitarian work. And it's, so I think through this process and, and everything, I've just really tried to stay grounded and reminded myself of the reason of why I'm doing that. And that is for my project. It is for my beautiful friend who passed and who I owe so much to. It's it's to make that impact and to kind of speak about that on a global level. Um, it's not personally for me, it's not about the glitz and the glam that, yes, that's fun. And yes, that's, you know, a kind of nice, um, a nice summary of it. And, and it is fun to get to kind of get dressed up, but it's so much more about getting your hands dirty, helping where you can and really utilising the platform to its fullest. I think for anyone who was listening or was going to listen to this episode who didn't know much <laughs> about pageants, they're going to know now that there's so much work that really goes into it. Honestly, I can only imagine the amount of hours you're pouring into your Beauty with a Purpose project. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's wonderful that Miss World makes such a huge impact on communities around the world with all the different contestants and everything that they do. Now, on top of being Miss World and representing this country, <laughs> I saw on Instagram that you're also a children's book author. Can you tell me yeah. what the book is about, <laughs> how you came up with the story? What's the message mm -hmm. of your book? So um, the book is about a diver T-Rex. And long story short, it is about being able to be you know, to not be afraid of being put in unknown environments that might make us feel anxious or nervous and kind of how to work through that and persevere. It's a lot to do with self-belief, perseverance and um, confidence as well. So that's kind of the principle of the book. Um, it The idea came to me was I was doing a first aid and CPR educate resuscitate seminar at one of the primary schools coming up. And with the younger kids in primary school, it's really heavy topics. Um, and so I'm always trying to find new ways of making it a little bit more fun, a little bit more entertaining, but so they also have a positive association with what I'm telling them so that they're more likely to remember it, essentially. Um, so this like seminar was booked in with the year six cohort of this particular primary school. And this book idea kind of came about. I always knew I wanted to write one. Um, and I didn't know, firstly, what I wanted to write it about, but I wanted to relate it back to the ocean. And then 
the, how it kind of came about that I, I decided on a T-Rex was because it actually was my friend that passed nickname. Um, her nickname when we were diving was T-Rex. Mine's actually Chucky, <laughs> but that's another story. Um, and the reason why hers was T-Rex was because she had quite short arms, so we had to alter all of her wetsuits. Um, and she would always say, you know, a diver T-Rex and things like that. And so I was like, okay, working, kind of working with some rhyming words and, and everything. And that's kind of how the story developed. And then the primary school that I went to to do the Educate Resuscitate seminar with I got the year six students to illustrate the book. So not only were we talking about the story and the story of a resilience, while having first aid and discussions about CPR and the importance of water safety, they were also doing artwork and illustrating it. So I found from doing that, um, well, I hope the information was, um, you know, retained a little more strongly than if we weren't to do kind of something creative. Um, but it also, it, I noticed cause they all kind of broke off into groups and from a hat, they pulled a page of the book. Um, and that was what they had to illustrate. So it was completely randomized. It was a fun activity, but I found as they were illustrating these pages and going around to the tables and talking to the kids, they were also having conversations about water safety and first aid and CPR. And they were discussing with it they were discussing about it, sorry, um, while using a creative avenue. So that's kind of the whole principle of the book. Um, it means the absolute world to me and 100% of the profits are being donated. So without um, something going on in the world, so to speak, always 100% of the profits are being donated to the Royal Life Saving Australia and St. John's Ambos as well. Um, currently, 100% of the profits are being donated to help to the Emergency Action Alliance, which is Australia's kind of avenue to donate to what's happening in Turkey and Syria at the moment with the earthquake. Um, so that's where all the funds are going at the moment. Last month, they all went towards Bush to Beach. So, so to speak, if there's not something happening on the world, then they do go to those Australian organisations, the Life Saving Club and the St. John's Ambos, because um, that's what relates to my project. But at the moment, um, those profits have been donated to other kind of avenues. Um, but I am writing a second book. I kind of want to keep the dino theme happening because I loved dinosaurs as a kid. <laughs> my whole family did. Um, but that's kind of how the book started. And then um, it's just grown from there and I've had really great feedback from those who've bought it for their kids which has been beautiful um and it's it's dedicated to yeah a really special someone for me who was my biggest inspo so there's finally a diver t-rex um and I know I know she'd be reading it in heaven right now <laughs> oh that is so beautiful Kristen honestly I'm so impressed with everything you do it all kind of all of your work kind of really ties back to you wanting to give <laughs> give back to other people and you don't seem to focus on yourself a lot with everything you have going on being a student representing the country being an author writing another book <laughs> do you ever struggle with burnout or do you consciously make time for self-care how do you look after yourself yeah well like I'm only human at the end of the day I think um uh look I I do like to cram in a lot <laughs> um I can tell but of course <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> of course, though, like I've experienced burnout and exhaustion and things like that. And I think um, 
Something that has really helped is definitely um, mindfulness and looking after myself. I know I feel so good if I make an effort to move my body. So I love walking, got dogs, so it makes it easier. Um, you know, often taking just myself for a dive, that really helps um, rather than teaching others or, or looking after other people. Um, I love journaling. Um, I do structure kind of my days. I love goal setting as well. Um, but every now and then, you know, you just need to have a movie day in bed <laughs> and then you're fine. It, it, it's all about balance for me. And um, my family time is really important to me. I'm very close with my family. They keep me very grounded um, and my head screwed on right. And I find, look, if obviously there's going to be hiccups and I find if I do experience a hiccup, I kind of let myself process those emotions and then kind of, okay, we've processed, we've either, you know, felt upset about it or, or something. Um, but it's time to kind of progress now and, and see, okay, what can we do about it? Because it's never, personally, I've found it's never healthy to suppress emotions. And so I always kind of acknowledge and let myself feel what I have to feel. And then, you know, the definition of success is different to everyone. Personally, for me, it's being able to consistently make executive, like, executive decisions, even in the hardest of moments. And so if I am having a bad day where something may have hit the fan and, you know, it's all turned up um, after letting myself process those emotions, I kind of force myself to create an action plan, so to speak, or, okay, how can I progress forward? How can we overcome this obstacle? Because it's not the be or end all. Like at the end of the day, we're all humans. It's just life. Um, it, you know, you have to have balance. You can't have the good without the bad. Um, so I would say it's, I'm very conscious of the way that I feel towards things and just really checking in with myself. Um, I'm very lucky that I work well in high stress environments. I think that's from my history as a scuba diving instructor and looking after others. And there have been moments during that kind of um, career where it's been full on and stressful and you know, it's it's being able to kind of maintain a level head, I would say. But no, I'm only human. Every now and then we just need to have wine and cheese and watch a movie. <laughs> and then the next day we can focus on it. Um, oh, that, that would be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you have a really good head on your shoulders. And I feel like you'll be able to weather any stresses that come up at the international competition I feel like you are definitely going to impress <laughs> the judges when you go over to the UAE. I'm so excited for you, Kristen. For anyone <laughs> who is listening and they want to find out a little bit more information about your projects and your mm -hmm. journey with Miss World, where can they find yeah. you? Yeah, so the best avenue for that is on my website. Um, I built my own website because I thought that would be the easiest way to access everything. Um, so my website is www.kristenawright.com. Um, otherwise, you can find me on Instagram, Kristen A. Wright as well, um, or on Mobstar. Mobstar is the platform that Miss World uses for the social media challenge. So I also post regularly on there. Um, but in terms of Miss World, prep is fully underway. Um, it's exciting, stressful, naturally, but... Um, just trying to be very, very gracious for, you, for each day. Do you have a team of people behind you leading up to the international competition? Because I know that you've got to prepare 
a lot of outfits and dresses and catwalk and interview preparation. Can you tell the listeners what actually goes into that kind of level of preparation? Um, so I, of course, have um, the Miss World Australia team who are really helpful, um, but I must admit a lot of the prep has been on my own. I haven't minded it because it has allowed me to prepare the way I want to prepare and it's allowed me to maintain my individuality and maintain being true to myself through the whole process. Um, everything you see online, I'm doing myself. Um, I'm my own editor, my own director <laughs> um, in terms of my videos and my website and things like that. I am doing prep every day in terms of um, uh, a lot of research, um, finalizing my beauty with a purpose. I've got a few more school visits coming up as well, just trying to squeeze them in before I fly out. Um, in terms of wardrobe, I obviously have um, a few opinions, but I'm kind of the one making the final say. Um, and yeah, it's it's been a lot, I'm not going to lie, but at the same time, it's, I know it's all going to come together. I have faith that it will. And it's, I, it, I think it just goes back to making sure that I'm using my, like utilizing my time well and scheduling in kind of all the different areas of prep. Cause at Miss World, we have the multiple fast tracks. So we have the head to head challenge. We have top model. We have uh, fitness, there's a social media, there's beauty with a purpose. So there's all these fast tracks and as well as multiple interviews that we have whilst there before the final night. Um, the Miss World Festival, I believe, goes for three, three and a half weeks. It's, it's quite a marathon, um, but I don't mind that if I'm being honest. I think it means that they really get to understand us as individuals and see our personalities as well and our strengths, our weaknesses. Um, and really get to understand us. So I quite like the, I, like the length of the pageant as a whole. Um, but I, I am still working at the moment. I'm still working four days. I've backed off a little bit. Um, but I think up until April, I'll still be working, you know, I'll probably back off to three days. If I don't work at all, I'll probably go absolutely insane. I need <laughs> that kind of normality to not only keep my head on straight, but also to keep me you know, to keep me humble and, and kind of normal. <laughs> um, I think I'd go absolutely crazy if I didn't work. Um, but it's interesting. Like, I, I don't know what to expect yet when we go over. Um, we haven't had schedules, so to speak, as of yet, but I'm sure they're coming. Um, and I'll be really excited to see how the Miss World Festival is kind of scheduled because it is the first time that any international pageant has been held in the UAE. So I think it's going to be like no other. I think it will be very interesting to see how it all kind of works um, and just looking forward to it. And I, I can't wait to show you guys my final gown, my national costume um, and so forth. So it's going to be really, really special. It sounds like it's going to be very special and I'm sure your family <laughs> and friends must be so proud of you, honestly. Yeah, it's, it's, I have a really beautiful support group um, and they are keeping me, they are keeping me tied to my roots and remembering who I am. And it's been really beautiful to have kind of 
I have all these different peoples from from different areas of my life who are supporting me and it's it's super interesting it, it kind of reminds me the way I would describe it is kind of like a spider web like somehow they're all connected <laughs> but they're all so different from different areas different ages different niches um and it's just really lovely to have that support and um, especially going over and yeah, I'm I'm excited. I, I want to bring, you know, the Australia buzz with me to, to Miss World. <laughs> I know you will. I cannot wait to watch the live stream on YouTube when it goes live. <laughs> Can you share the date if you've got the date and uh, that the competition starts? I don't have the date yet, unfortunately. I think they're going to be finalizing all those details. I know it's May, but unfortunately, I'm not sure whether it's start or end of May. Um, my prediction is that it is the end of May, but I think they should be announcing soon, like the official date, um, as well as the official city, even though I'm I'm praying and I assume that it's Dubai. <laughs> I will be keeping my eyes peeled on your Instagram as soon as you share the date. It's going in my calendar so I can watch you. Like I should even set up a, like a home viewing session with my friends and just scream because I love watching pageants. It's just, oh, there's something about them, especially one as big as Miss World in the UAE. That's going to be something else. What a lifetime yeah, experience. Well, I've just seen you in the paper as well. Like you're achieving absolutely amazing things and now part of the galaxy system. Like you must be equally as excited. I am very excited. I thought I would throw my hat in the ring once more uh, in the galaxy system and that will be in May in Sydney. So definitely looking forward to that. And I feel very inspired after our, our conversation today. That's for no. sure. <laughs> I feel like I need no. to go and go and do a lot more work. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Um, it's, it's, it's awesome to see that you're getting involved with the galaxy system. I, I've always loved the galaxy system. Um, I, I think if Miss World didn't work out, that would probably be the next one that I'd kind of go into. Um, I just, I really like the morals behind it. I think it's really beautiful. And the current winner, um, Emily, she her the work that she's done as well has been absolutely amazing. So I, I'm excited to watch you now in May when I get time off <laughs> in my um in my apartment at night. I'll be like catching up on everything you're doing. <laughs> I love that. Well, Kristen, thank you so much for being a guest on the Boss Chick podcast today. You've been so wonderful to listen to. You are such a kind and generous human being <laughs> and honestly the perfect person to be representing the country at the 71st Miss World competition this year. So thank you so much. No, thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and thank you for listening as well. And I wish you all the best at Galaxy um, and I can't wait to catch up with you soon. Absolutely. If I'm ever in Victoria, I will let you know mm -hmm. <laughs> and good yep, luck for your yep. competition. <laughs>